Hi, this is Taya from And So She Thought, and today I'm going to get super personal with the piece that I'm sharing. It's called Finding Gratitude Within My Miscarriage, and it's about a miscarriage that I experienced about three years ago and how I survived it. October is International Pregnancy and Infant Loss Awareness Month, so I thought I'd open up about my miscarriage with a focus on the things that helped me survive it. First of all, let me clarify the title. I am not grateful for my miscarriage. However, I was able to find points of gratitude within it. Let me explain my story. I was 14 and a half weeks pregnant when I experienced my miscarriage. Our journey to this miscarriage was pretty complicated. We spent the first 12 to 13 weeks feeling so lucky and excited, wishing for that 12 week mark to finally get to announce our pregnancy to the world. We envisioned this tiny human joining our world and wondered who they would be. We had endless discussions about names and how our daughter would cadence would make the most incredible big sister. Little did we know these conversations were soon to be replaced with heartache, confusion, and emptiness. About five minutes into our 12 week ultrasound, I could feel something was wrong. What followed was two restless nights awaiting an appointment with my doctor to have my fears realized something was wrong. I was immediately sent for blood tests and then to the hospital to be told that it looked like our baby had a condition called high drops and would not survive. I was scheduled to see a specialist a few days later where I would essentially need to terminate our pregnancy. When we arrived to see that specialist, we first had to have another ultrasound. During this ultrasound, we found out our baby had left us. We were then led into a specialist's office to discuss having the baby's body removed from my own. This feels as surreal to reflect on now as it did at the time. Such an emotional event suddenly became a clinical series of discussions about the process and booking in the procedure. I went into that weekend pregnant but not expecting while awaiting my appointment on the Monday that would thrust me back into reality. These days are a blur of sadness and heartbreak. My appointment to have the DNC finally arrived and the walls of artificial strength I'd built up to protect my husband and daughter from as much pain as possible suddenly came crumbling down as I was wheeled to the operating room, counting down to the final farewell. 10, 9, 8, 7, I was out. The DNC didn't go according to plan. The suspected high drops turned out to instead be a condition called a partial molar pregnancy, a chromosomal abnormality that caused my placenta to wreak havoc on my uterus, leaving it full of clusters of cysts. I lost an enormous amount of blood and required four blood transfusions just to survive the procedure. I was transported to the biggest women's hospital in the state to be monitored in the intensive care unit in case any further complications arose. Fortunately, they didn't, and I was released from the hospital a few days later. Unfortunately, due to the nature of our miscarriage, I was required to go undergo intensive weekly testing for just under six months before I was finally allowed to try to fall pregnant again. Obviously, this is a super condensed version of my miscarriage story, and I'll put the links up of the full versions in the podcast details. I just thought it was really important to give you a bit of background before I told you how how I managed to mentally and emotionally survive this time. I know a lot of people think that everything happens for a reason, and I respect their belief around this, For me, however, I can't subscribe to this belief and I highly recommend never ever using that phrase to anyone who has suffered from a miscarriage or lost a child. 
I understand that scientifically a miscarriage generally occurs because a baby has begun developing abnormally. However, the fact that this abnormal development occurs at all, let alone so frequently, for me feels void of greater purpose and meaning. Instead, I believe that sometimes incredibly terrible, heartbreaking and nonsensical events happen in our lives and that we have the power to choose how we respond to them. By this, I don't mean our primal automatic emotions of grief, heartbreak and sadness. I mean whether we choose to survive and grow from our experiences or to allow ourselves to get lost in them. This is how I was able to focus on some points of gratitude within my miscarriage, despite the fact that my heart ached and that I would have given anything to have had that baby survive. These points of gratitude act as buoys that help me resurface from the depths of my enormous grief. My points of gratitude. I was still alive. I had lost over 40% of the blood in my body. This volume of blood loss requires immediate and major resuscitative help, or your organs will begin to fail and your life will cease to be. If I had lived in a country or time that lacked immediate access to donated blood, I would have died. Also, if I had started hemorrhaging over the weekend prior to my DNC, I'm unsure if I would still be here. A huge component of this point of gratitude is for those who have ever donated blood. Because of people like you, I am still alive. My husband still has his wife, and my daughter still has her mother. I will be forever thankful for blood donors. If you are eligible to donate and would like to do so, I will be forever grateful. That I didn't have to choose to terminate. The moment during that final ultrasound when we were told that our baby no longer had a heartbeat, heartbeat brought with it immense relief. Not because we wanted to miscarry, but because the alternative was making a choice that wasn't a choice at all. I can only speculate, but I think having to make that decision would have broken me in ways the miscarriage didn't. I'd feel an overwhelming sense of guilt despite having no real control in the outcome. So I'm grateful that that decision was taken out of my hands. My uterus was still intact. The following morning after I was transferred for observation, I had a group of doctors come to monitor my vitals and to check my recovery. While they were there, I was advised that I was very lucky to have avoided a full hysterectomy. Now, I'm not sure why this didn't occur, and even if it technically should have, but I am forever grateful that it didn't. If I had have woken up to the news that my uterus had have been removed, I have no idea how I would have maintained my mental health. Fortunately, though, our dreams of giving our daughter a sibling was still a possibility. It wasn't hereditary. One of the first questions I asked my doctors was whether or not the condition was hereditary. Thankfully, the version of molar pregnancy I had suffered, a partial molar, was not. I was flooded with relief. I knew I was strong and I would survive this experience. However, I could not imagine my daughter having to endure, endure and survive what I had. Speaking of my daughter, my next point of gratitude, my daughter Cadence. My God, the sunshine and the existence of Cadence not only helped me to breathe, but knowing that regardless of what happened next, I was a mother gave me so much perspective and gratitude. I remember just thinking about my friends who had suffered from reoccurring miscarriages or who were unable to fall pregnant to begin with. As bad as everything I had been through was, I had a beautiful, healthy daughter, Cadence, and that made me lucky beyond measure. 
Already being a mother also prevented my mind from spiraling too far down the realm of what ifs. What if I never fall pregnant again? What if this happens again? What if there is something wrong with me? Every time my mind started to explore these dark thoughts, the light of Cadence of Sunshine pulled me back to the present. Also, it is really hard to get too lost in your thoughts when you have a one-year-old who is solely dependent on you for all of their needs. My family. I had the most wonderful support through all of this. My incredible husband took off work to care for Cadence and drove two hours each day while I was in hospital, just so I could spend an hour with them. He even drove an extra half hour in order to bring me some treats from one of my favourite cafes to help lift my spirits. This wonderful man, who was grieving both the loss of his unborn baby and the near loss of his soulmate, and yet he put all of his own grief on hold in order to do anything to lessen my own. My beautiful mum travelled down shortly after my release to help me with cadence and to allow me to rest and recover. The rest of my family checked up on me constantly and gave me so much emotional support. My friendships. My mother's group in particular were beyond supportive during this time. Aside from all of their love and emotional support, they banded together to provide meals for my family to eat over the next couple of weeks. That gesture made me feel so much love and gratitude. Lots of women are placed into mother's groups, which they find judgmental, competitive and clicky. For my group, from my group, I felt nothing but love and unwavering support. I will cherish these friendships always. My other friends supported me through all this with visits, flowers and messages of support. When you feel like you're sinking, knowing that you are valued and loved by your beautiful friends is immeasurably important. The extra time to be a family of three. As much as we were ready to expand our family, things didn't go to plan. So instead of spending those six months consumed by grief, we instead chose to make the most of our extra alone time with Cadence. We so cherished that extra time that we had to spend with her alone and we soaked up every moment we could. And we were able to focus on giving her our all before we had to share our affections and time with another. My body. This one might seem strange. Often women who experience miscarriages feel deceived by their bodies and feel resentful towards them. I can totally understand how you might feel this way. For me though, given the way my miscarriage journey unfolded, I had a new sense of appreciation for my body. Not only had it created my beautiful daughter, it had recognised that our baby's body wasn't strong enough and it did what it needed to do in order to make way for a body that was. And it had managed to survive the complications my miscarriage brought with it. I am grateful for my body. And finally, my rainbow baby. I only recently discovered the term rainbow baby and I absolutely love it. I fell pregnant with Ezra during our second round of trying after the extensive testing I had completed for just under six months finally came to an end. This meant that I had actually fallen pregnant the week before I would have given birth. Even though I didn't know this at the time of that unfulfilled birth date, I had hope in my heart, which helped me survive that day. We had both chosen to view our miscarriage as the loss of the body of our baby and not of their soul. We believed that our baby's soul was just waiting for us to create a body that was worthy of them. 
This transition of dates really helped to cement this belief. For Ezra would not be the Ezra we know without the exact succession of events that preceded his arrival. And he is exactly who he is meant to be. Our wild, spirited, kind and affectionate blue-eyed boy. Thank you so much for listening. I hope that this has resonated with you. If you've been through a miscarriage, I hope that it's given you some strength to pull through it. Um, honestly, you'll think about it forever. It, it's not that it goes away, but you're just able to find a way to live your life. Um, the reason I have written quite a few blogs about my miscarriage now is because society often tells us that we've got to keep this secret, that you can't tell people that you're pregnant in case you miscarry. And then you have to bear that burden alone without friends and people to support you through it. Um, I think that that can be really damaging. And I just hope that maybe reading my story or hearing my story may give people permission to voice their own and to help them process what they've gone through. If you don't have someone that you feel comfortable sharing that with or processing that with, please feel free to track me down on social media. You can find me at And So She Thought on both Facebook and Instagram. And just feel free to send me a story. Sometimes it's just helpful to let those words escape your body. And I'm more than happy to just be that person to listen to what you have to say. Okay, again, thank you for listening. And please get in contact if you have anything that you'd like to let me know or let me know how this piece made you feel, I'll put the links for the physical pieces in the comment section. Thank you.